Hey guys, welcome to the final installment of our Sola Scriptura series here at Three Circle Church. Wherever you are joining us from, my hope is that over the last few weeks, you have been on this journey with us as we have been reminded about why we love the Bible, why we trust the Bible, and today we're going to see why we would obey the Bible. And that is the point of this series. We wanted to teach you about the inspiration of Scripture so that you would value or treasure the Word of God. And then in week two, we wanted to teach you all about the inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture. These are huge Christian doctrines. And the reason we wanted you to know about inerrancy and about infallibility is that you would trust the Bible, that you would actually trust the Word of God. Well, today, finally, those two things will lead us to what we're going to talk about. And it's this, the authority of Scripture, which leads to us obeying the Word of God. You see, it's not okay to just value the Scripture and only trust it. Valuing and trusting Scripture will ultimately lead us to a place of obedience. And that's what we're going to end the series on today. So my hope is you'll open your heart and your mind to really hear from God about this crucial thing. Theologian and writer John Piper says, the authority of Scripture is the watershed a crucial decision that every generation has to deal with and has to make. Uh, on his Desiring God uh, website, he wrote this definition, which I think is a great definition of God's authority and, and, and the Word of God's authority. It says, God's intentions revealed in the Bible, so that's important. We believe that God's intentions are revealed in the Word of God. They are the supreme and final authority in testing all claims about what is true and what is right. In matters not addressed by the Bible, what is true and right is assessed by the criteria consistent with the teachings of Scripture. So this is huge for all believers. Now today what I want to just kind of give you a heads up on is throughout this series what we've tried to do is remind people who are believers people who are a part of the church, who are Christians. We wanted to remind you about why the Bible is special, trustworthy, and ultimately authoritative. Now, a whole other discussion could be made for people who do not believe in Jesus at all. And many of you joining us today would be in that camp. And I am so glad you're with us. And there are so many other things that we could talk about. But today, my main point is to make sure that if you believe in Jesus, that you understand what you're holding in your hand when you hold the Bible in your hand and how it must be ultimately authoritative in our lives. So welcome to the final piece of Sola Scriptura as today we learn as believers why not only we should value the Word and treasure it, not only why we should trust it, but why we should obey it, our ultimate authority. So guys, as we talk about the authority of Scripture, one thing that I, I want you to understand 
is the reason this is so crucial for our day, for our generation, and it has been for all generations, is the fact that we need something to tell us what is right and wrong. See, we need a standard. And the problem is we have standards that simply are not often true at all. And the problem with humanity is that we set our own standards. That's why the Bible says it's in the eyes of man that they are right. In the eyes of every man, they are right and true. And we live in a time where everybody has their own truth, their own version of truth. And in all areas of life, they've come up with their own ways of believing, their own things to believe. And for whatever reason, that becomes their authority. Now, it's always a bad thing for humans to be our own authority. And here's why. Because in Christianity, we believe that in the end, we are the, our ultimate worst enemy. We're the problem. We rebelled against God and we were born in that rebellion. So that means that even when we become Christians, we still deal with the flesh. We are not perfect. We still need Jesus every day of our lives, even after our salvation. So therefore, we need something outside of ourselves to be our ultimate authority. We need something outside of ourselves to tell us what is right and wrong. And, and the idea would be when you're building something, uh, luckily we have these tools like a square or like a level. These things become uh, objective. They're not subjective. They're, they're objective things. They, they say what is right. So when you're building a house, if you're building a wall and you put this square up next to it or this level up to it, it's going to tell you whether what you're building is right or wrong. Now, let me tell you what would not be smart. If you're building a house and you take your level or you take your square and you stick it up to the walls, the wood, the studs, whatever you're putting in, and, and you see that what you are building is off and you decide, you know what, instead of taking my building and moving it to the standard that I know is right, I'm going to take the standard and move it to where my wall is. Now, that'd be a big problem, wouldn't it? Let me tell you what would happen. Buildings would collapse. Houses wouldn't be able to stand for very long. And things would get really bad really fast if, in construction, we didn't have tools like this to tell us if things were in square. Even in the ancient times, they had what was called a plumb line, where they would take a string and tie a weight to it and let it hang, and that would give you a straight line with gravitational pull. Now, the problem in our culture is we treat our lives differently than we do building buildings. We act as if we can take an outside standard that we know is right, the Word of God, and take our lives doing what we want to do with them. And instead of bending our lives towards what we know to be true, we tend to want to take what is true and bend it back towards what we want. And that's what our culture is all about right now. We live in a culture that says everyone has their own version of truth. There is no objective, absolute truth. There is no way to know that. And, and Christianity stands uniquely alone in the fact that we say that there is actually a square. There is actually a level that tells us as we live our lives what is right and wrong. And it is not up to the whims of culture or context. It stands the test of time. It's timeless. It's like, I don't know, a great pair of khakis. They just look good forever, don't they? It doesn't matter what's going on stylistically at the time. You can throw on a great pair of khakis and they just look good. You know, it's timeless. People have timeless style. Some of the old style movie stars back in the day, you, you look and you go, man, they weren't trendy at all. They were, they were just timeless, right? Music, sometimes you think that song will stand, that song will be great forever. Some of Mozart's wonderful pieces of music, they're just great. You just know they're great, right? Well, the, that's the thing you need to understand. 
What we need to understand about the Word of God is that it stands the test of time. It's authoritative across all cultures, all time. That's why we say that the Bible is true for all times and all places and all peoples. Why is that? Because it is the outside of us standard that we need to bend our lives to. And the thing I need to remind all of you watching with us today, joining us today, is that the problem in our world is that we're trying to bend the standard down to what we want rather than taking our lives and bending it towards the standard of God's authority. Now, where in the Scriptures can we find some of this? Where does the Bible really spell this out? Well, really, all over the Bible it says this. The Bible itself claims its own authority. But I want to show you a place in Scripture where Jesus Himself dealt with the authority of Scripture question in a very powerful way. Let's take a look at that right now. Okay, guys, if you have your Bible or your devices, if you would go with us to the book of Matthew, we're going to go to chapter 15. Now, I'm using the ESV version, which is an amazing, uh, one of our amazing translations that really goes back to original manuscripts, and, and I just love it. And we're going to look at a time where Jesus is with his disciples. So I just want you to kind of know where we are in the timeline of Jesus' ministry. He has his disciples, he's been teaching a lot. The, the world around him and his region has been exposed to who he is, and he's also becoming more and more entangled with uh, these disagreements and this tension with the Pharisees who were kind of the religious leaders and rulers of the day, all right? And this is what happens in chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem, and they said, Why do your disciples, and don't miss this, why do they break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. And Jesus answered them, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you've made void the word of God. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said... The people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines, watch this, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now this is a very, very powerful place in Scripture. Let's take a moment and talk about what just happened. Now the Pharisees knew and loved and believed in the Old Testament, the Word of God that was written at that point in the Revelation of Scripture timeline. Okay, the New Testament wasn't around yet, obviously. Jesus would quote and teach from the Old Testament. So they had the Old Testament, but they also had another book, and they mention it here. They call it the Tradition of the Elders. The Tradition of the Elders was actually a book, and it was called the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah was simply a bunch of rules and regulations and traditions that the leaders of Israel over the years had compiled. And what this really was is what we would call extra-biblical material. It wasn't in the Word of God. It wasn't in the Bible. But over time, because of the way they treated their book, the Mishnah, it had begun to take on the same type of respect from the people as the Word of God did. So much so that the Pharisees are here calling out the disciples of Jesus, not because they've broken God's Word, but because they have broken their own traditions, their own Mishnah.
Now, what they had decided is what the Pharisees, now these are Bible people. So since I'm talking primarily today to people who believe in the Word of God and believe in Jesus, I want you to know how susceptible we can be to this. This is why we shouldn't be setting our own standards. The Pharisees had decided that even though God had given them His Word, the Old Testament, as the standard, that they would add to it their own standards. Jesus once said that the Pharisees in doing this had, had put heavy burdens and weights on the people of God that God did not intend for them to carry. Okay, So what happened here is Jesus is being confronted with a standard that's not the Word of God. And that happens for us as well. You are being hit every day in this world that we live in with standards outside of God's Word, and they are floating standards. And by the way, that was the problem with the Pharisees. You never knew if you were getting it right or wrong. Okay, It wasn't clear. So they come and they jump all over Jesus. Why? Because His disciples had not washed their hands. The problem is that was a tradition of the elders, not the Word of God. How does Jesus respond when the Pharisees or anyone else, including you and I, when we try to say there's any standard besides the Word of God. And for that matter, what did Jesus believe about the Bible? Did Jesus believe that the Bible was the standard? Absolutely. Look at how He responds to the Pharisees. He quickly tells them, hey, you are bringing me a problem with your traditions, and in your own traditions you have broken the Word of God. In that sentence, what Jesus does is He tells us for all time what He believes about the Bible. He believes that the Bible is the supreme standard and that there is no other standard. And if there was ever going to be another standard that Jesus would allow to hold the same weight as the Bible, it would have been the Mishnah. Jesus was a Jewish man. Jesus loved the Old Testament. Jesus uh, loved Israel, of course. He would have held the Mishnah in that high regard, but He did not. No, no. He said the Mishnah, like all other traditions of men, all other things created by man, that is not inspired. That is not infallible and inerrant. Only the Word of God is. And see, we've been teaching you all along. The reason the Bible is ultimately authoritative is because Jesus Himself believed and taught that it was authoritative. And He tells us why. Because anything else, including the tradition of the elders of Israel, is man-made. And we simply cannot create a standard on our own because our standard, like everything we do, will be tainted with the sin that still besets us, the sin that still pulls on us. We're not perfect. Only God is. And He has given us His perfect Word as a standard. So in this moment, in this uh, confrontation with the Pharisees, Jesus sets the record straight for us, not only with worldly things, but including in the church. The world tends to want to pull away from the Bible. The church tends to, religion tends to want to add to the Bible. And Jesus says both should not be done. In fact, in the book of Revelation, the Bible says anyone who adds to or takes away from this Word of God, which we spoke last week about the canonization, the finality of God's revelation to us. Well, the Bible tells us that anyone who adds to or takes away will be under the judgment of God for that. That's a really big deal. So what Jesus is telling us here is a couple of things. Okay, Our ultimate authority is not traditions. He makes that real clear. Did you know that there are very popular, very historic movements and, and, and strains of Christianity that's still around today that believe that we got truth from God in two ways. We got it through the Bible, but they also say that we got it through tradition. And you may be familiar with some of that. We would not agree with that. We would say that is unbiblical. And it sounds a lot like that modern movement sounds a lot like what we just heard from the Pharisees. 
There is no standard besides the Word of God. Remember our definition. The ultimate authority is the Word of God. That's what Christians believe. That's what we believe. There is a standard, and we didn't come up with a standard. It is outside of us, and we shouldn't be bending the standard towards us. We need to bend our lives towards the standard. And Jesus made it real clear that the Bible also becomes a filter through which we run everything else. Listen to what He said to the Pharisees. He said they had messed up because they had come up with a tradition that inadvertently actually broke God's law, which was supreme. Because they decided that if someone did not want to bring their normal tithes and offering uh, to the, to, that would have come to the church, if they owed that money to their parents to take care of sick parents, okay, that they could take that money and instead of taking care of their sick parents, which God's law said they had to do, the, the Pharisees said, you can just bring that to us. You can bring that to the temple. You won't have to fool your parents anymore. We'll just make that okay. And Jesus is pointing out to them that they had circumvented the Word of God with their own traditions. What does this teach us? This teaches us that anything in our lives that looks like authority, that disagrees with God's Word, the Bible wins every time. The Bible is the authority in the church and in the world around us. This means that we follow the laws of the land unless the laws of the land teach us to break God's law. And then what wins? The Bible. The Word of God wins every time. And within the church, if there's a tradition that you grew up with, and there's a billion of them in modern church, just like there were in Jesus' day. And, and, and when you look at one and you go, is this a tradition thing or is this a Bible thing? Well, here at Three Circle, we teach the Bible. And so what that means is if you make the Bible your ultimate standard, you will make the world mad and sometimes you'll make the church mad because people love to add to the Bible in the church and they love to take away from the Bible in the world. But we, as orthodox, committed Christians to Jesus, we also must be committed to His Word as the ultimate standard. Jesus with the Pharisees made clear, their book did not stand on equal ground with the book. We have a king, he has a book, one book, and it is the Word of God. So now that we understand that the Bible is authoritative and that Jesus taught us that it was totally and supremely authoritative, what's the nature of the authority of God's Word? And this is important for you to understand, okay? So we do not give the Scriptures their authority by, by saying it, okay? We, by us recognizing the Bible's authority, that's not giving it its authority. It already was authoritative. So what I want you to understand is the Bible is intrinsically authoritative. The Bible is completely authoritative. We don't authorize the authority of Scripture. We recognize its authority that it already has. So what this means is if, if, no, if none of us follow the Word of God, it doesn't mean that it's not authoritative. It means that we fail to recognize its authority. But it doesn't change the fact that the ultimate, if you will, level, if square, plumb line for all of creation for all time is the Word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, not only is the Bible intrinsically authoritative, but He said it's infallible. And what that means is that it's never going away. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. That's very important for us to understand. So what we understand about the nature of God's authoritative word 
is that we're not the ones that give it its authority. Uh, it was already authoritative. We simply recognize it. We said last week that, the, that we didn't canonize Scripture, the church. We didn't make the Bible. All we did is recognize what was clear, what was clearly already canonized and authoritative from God. So in the same way we didn't just come up with canonization and figure out, well, here's the Bible, and, and God said, oh, okay, that'll work. No, no. We do the same thing with authority. We simply recognize what is obviously and intrinsically already authoritative in our lives, the standard, and that is the Word of God. So we don't give it its authority. We simply recognize its authority. So as Christians, we have, to, we have to grapple with one fact that I think is really, really important for us to understand, okay? And it's this. The main reason the Bible is authoritative is because Jesus said it was. See, if we're Christians, we believe in Jesus, right? Jesus Himself over and over again affirmed the authority of Scripture. When Jesus Himself was tempted by Satan, He combated that temptation by quoting the Scriptures. Jesus said about His own Word, and the, the final Word of God in the New Testament, Jesus said, my Word's going to stand forever. So Jesus Himself believed that the Bible was fully inspired, so He valued it. He believed it was totally trustworthy. Uh, he believed it was inerrant, without error. Because Jesus said things like this. Jesus believed the Bible was out without error and with authority. He said the Scriptures can't be broken. He said every jot and tittle, every little line, every little period, every dot will be fulfilled. So here's the problem, and in historic Christianity, okay, there's always been times where people attack the Bible. The Bible's been the biggest target, okay? And there was a time, there was a heresy out there that said that Jesus did indeed, because it's impossible to look at the writings and talks and, and words of Jesus and not see what He believed about the Bible. He believed the Bible was the real deal. Well, the problem is a lot of us in this world have believed otherwise. We believe the Bible's not valid. So people that have attacked the Bible in the past, they, they got around Jesus by saying, well, Jesus was fully God, fully human, but in His humanity, He was limited in knowledge, and Jesus was simply wrong about the Scriptures. He was simply wrong about there being no error in the Scripture. Uh, he was simply wrong about that. And, and just, just so you know, we just don't believe that at Three Circle. We, we find that to be an untenable uh, way to believe. Because if I can trust Jesus, the God-man, to save me, if I can trust Him to be completely authoritative in my life, then i got to trust His Word because He Himself extended that authority to His Word. To His Word. So I have to do the same. So either we believe Jesus is who He says He is or not. And if we've decided, and, and I assume that most of you have, that Jesus is exactly who He said He is, then we then have to believe everything Jesus said. And Jesus Himself over and over again taught us that our standard is the Word of God, must be the Word of God. But now here's the deal. What I've taught you so far is that the Bible is intrinsically authoritative and that we must, as John Piper said, a watershed moment for us is that we must decide, are we going to recognize His authority? Do we recognize the Bible as authoritative? But that is not enough. What I want you to understand is not only must we recognize the authority of God's Word, but we must do one more thing to get to the obedience part, which is the ultimate goal, okay? And it's this, we must embrace the Word of God's authority. Not just recognize it, but also embrace it. The Bible tells us this, be not just hearers of the Word, 
but doers of the word. Now for me to get to the doing, I must embrace it. It must become true for me. It can't just be me recognizing and going, yes, that's, a, that's good. Like, like sitting in a chair. I can say all day long, yeah, I think it's a good chair. I think I could sit in it. But, but until I sit in it, I've not actually put the weight of my body onto the structure of the chair. And that is true for many of us today. We simply have not embraced what we have recognized from a distance. And today we don't want you to just recognize God's authority. We want you to embrace the authority of His Word because embracing His Word equals obeying His Word. Jesus said this. Jesus said, if you... Now watch this. Jesus connected the abstractness, if you will, of recognition of the authority of God's Word with the embrace of it. Listen to what He said. He said, if you love me you will follow my commands. Now, Jesus said that. If you love me, you will follow my commands. That's important for us to understand because we can't just recognize His authority. We must also begin to love His authority. And what I want you to understand now, this is important, is ultimately the relationship we have with the authority of God's Word is just like the one we have with Jesus. It is supernatural in nature, meaning that you simply can't understand, follow, treasure, and trust the Word of God without the Holy Spirit doing something incredible inside of you. You simply cannot do that. But the Bible tells us that when we become Christians, we become a new creation. You become a baby in Jesus, if you will, all right? And the Bible says this, that like newborn babes crave milk, the believer craves the truth of the Word of God. What does that mean? It means this. If you continually and consistently, year after year, maybe decade after decade, if you simply do not trust the Word of God, I'm just going to be straight up with you, you're probably not a Christian. You're probably not a believer. That may be offensive to some, but I love you enough to tell you that. Because here's the deal, man. The Bible's clear that a Christian will begin to hunger for the Word of God. You'll be hungry for it. But what this means is God has given us new taste buds. Now, it won't be perfect, but, but growth is a Christian. So I'm saying that if you never have any hunger for truth from God's Word and you never recognize it and begin to embrace it, Jesus says you just don't love Him. You, you can't have a relationship with Him. If you love me, you'll follow my commands. But not only that, I want you to understand that if you want to be a mature Christian, a growing Christian, which is what we want for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus, well then, one of the telltales as to whether or not you're growing is whether or not you're developing a taste, a hunger for God's Word. Absolutely. So my question to you would be right now, wherever you are, do you hunger for God's Word? Do you love Jesus? Well, then do you follow His commands? Or are you taking the standard of God and trying to bend it to what you want? Now, the flashpoint is what uh, Piper and Desiring God would say about this. There, there's points that flash in our culture and our lives that'll tell us what we believe about these things. Because it's easy to go, yeah, I love the Bible when it's really not messing your life up. But let's say you have a different view of sexuality. Are you going to bend the Bible to you or are you going to bend your life to the Word of God? What is the authority then? Or when the whole culture begins to coalesce around an idea that is totally abstract and in opposition to God's Word, which is happening now in many, many ways. Many ways. In the areas of sexuality, in the, in the areas of uh, uh, life and when life begins, all those things. And there's a coalescence in our culture around those ideas, often in absolute opposition, opposition to God's Word. What do you do then? 
Do you bend God's Word then? Do you begin to reconstruct God's Word to fit your new definitions? Or do we as Christians take God's Word as the standard and we bend our lives and we run everything through the filter of Scripture? That's the big question. And that's what mature Christians begin to do. And that's what we want to do at Three Circle. It's what this series was all about. Because listen, if the Word of God goes... You've unraveled everything we have. If, if, the, if the Word of God's not authoritative in your life in every way, then what is there? What are we doing? Like, who, if you're your own authority, like, if you trust God on salvation, but you don't trust Him in your sexuality or your marriage or when you can divorce or marry or how you raise your kids, if you've got these compartments, then, then listen, then everything goes. There is no end to what our human sinfulness can do in this world. It'll just go and go and go without the authority of God's Word. There has to be a standard. And that standard can't float. If the standard's always changing, then every house we ever build would fall apart if the square and the, and the level wasn't telling the truth. And if we all had our own version of square and measurements, then it just wouldn't work, would it? But that's how we're building this world right now. We're building it on floating standards. And in the middle of all that is a book that came from a king that says, no, there is a standard. There is a way. There is a truth. And it is from a person. And it is written down in real words for us. And it is the infallible, inerrant, all-time, all-knowing Word of God. That's what it is. Today the question is, do we value it? Do we trust it? And do we obey it? Do we not just recognize, but do we embrace the authority God's Word in our lives. So one of the very last things Jesus said to the church, not just to those who were actually physically present that day, but ultimately to all of us, one of the last things He said had to do with the authority of His Word and our mission so not only are we as individuals and collectively as the church supposed to love Jesus and follow His Word, we are supposed to be people on mission teaching others to do the same. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. This is one of the last things He's going to say to them on this earth. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, look, He said, All authority. You see that word? He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, so here's our mission, and make disciples of all nations. Now how do you make a disciple? Well, you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And look at verse 20. And we are to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. The last thing Jesus said to us was about authority. The last thing He said to the church is that on this earth we're supposed to show the world what it looks like to have a king. And our king has a book. And how do we know everything Jesus has told us to do? Because Jesus Himself equated His Word with Himself. From Genesis to Revelation, we have the Word of God. And we live in a time where we have it in Bibles and on devices and we can listen to it and we can watch it. And I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? The time we live in, we don't have an excuse. We need the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to give us taste buds, new taste buds, to, to taste and want and hunger for the Word of God. And then we need to eat it. We need to consume it. We need to be built up strong in it, but not just for us, 
This gift of the Word of God is a gift to the world. We are to lead people to Jesus and His Word. Teaching people to observe and obey everything He has said. Listen, there is a standard. And in our world, the standards are really slippery, man. It's all over the map. It kind of feels like anything goes, doesn't it? Well, the Bible's clear that anything doesn't go. Not if you want to live for God. Not if you want to live the life that He's called you to live, the life He designed you to live. The only way to do that is by treasuring, by trusting, and ultimately by obeying God's Word. And to obey His Word, we must not just recognize its authority, we must embrace it. Something's got to be the boss. And I'm telling you, the boss can't be you. You're not a good boss of yourself. I'm not a good boss of me. I'm not a good one to decide everything I need to do. I need a standard outside of myself or I'll build the house of my life crooked. It will collapse if I don't have an outside truth by which I'm measuring my life. That has to be the Word of God. And my hope is through this series, you've come to a place where you go, I believe that book. I value it. I trust it. And I'm going to obey it. My hope is that you will not just love Jesus, you will also love His Word and obey His Word. And I hope that this series has helped you, that it's changed you, and that it's blessed you. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for every person that joined us during this series. I pray that we will treasure, that we will trust and obey your word, and that we'll never, ever, ever stop making your word our standard for our lives, and that we'll, that we'll teach the world around us to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being with us.